Here in episode two of the tea break sessions from Opening Up Cricket, we spoke to Lewis Rees and Finn Hudson Prentice from Derbyshire County Cricket Club. And in the course of our conversation, we reflected on the mental balances needed as all-rounders, as well as the biggest challenges they'd faced in their career and the importance of the team environment for supporting each other. It was great to hear these guys speak with such honesty, so I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll, I'll start off. So I think the first question is uh, for, for both of you, perhaps if we go with Finn first, um, what's keeping you occupied during this period of isolation? Um, I was doing a lot of running at the start, um, but that seemed to have faded away as we've sort of realised the season isn't going to be going for a while. So that sort of petered off for a bit. I think it's taken a back seat. Um, a lot of the time I've been playing PS4, um, to be honest, same as the other guys, a bit of PS4. Um, and then I've got a, made my own little home gym. I went down to the club and um, opened up and picked up a couple of the weights that are hanging around at the club and brought them home. So um, just doing as much as I can really to tick some time over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lewis, what's your approach to it then? Um, to be honest, I've, I've tried to go down the avenue of try and be as physically ready as I possibly can be. Um, given it, who knows when the season will will start or or if we'll actually get started at all but I've just tried to tick along my escape to things is pretty much sort of fitness anyway so I enjoy going to the gym so actually this lockdown's quite a big shock to my system sort of not being able to go and sort of do my sort of hobby if you will um so yeah it's just been a case of doing home workouts obviously going outside and running um but then just trying to fill my time up as well with some with some short courses um which I've tried to do with a bit of uh, investment sort of stuff. As as everyone knows, the uh, the investment market sort of crashed. So I thought, well, why not sort of, you know, try and brush up on some uh, some information and hopefully, you know, that can sort of help me, um, you know, possibly when it's time to sort of invest and maybe sort of try and make a, a quick sort of um, start to the, to the stock markets, I suppose. Okay, all right. So we've got a bit of a variety there. In fact, one of the questions that came in before, uh, and Finn sort of answered it, is are either of you gamers uh, and who in the squad uh, are the, the high-profile gamers? Are you someone then, Finn, that uh, spends a lot of time doing that? Um, not previously. I actually <laughs> bought, bought my PS4 as we went into lockdown, so I went on eBay and ordered it in because I knew we'd be in this for a while. Right. Um, I don't know if we've got any games in the squad. Sam Connors loves uh, loves Cricket 19. He keeps sending me pictures every other day of him on career mode on Cricket 19. To be fair, there's a few. Like I, I play a bit of PS4, but I think the actual, you know, the proper gamers that are sort of hardcore, you're looking at Tony Palladino loves his ultimate team in FIFA. Um, you know, he's a, a week-in, week-out type of guy on that. Um, then you've got, Alex Hughes. Alex Hughes is uh, very much part of the FIFA sort of thing as well. Um, Sam Connors, as you said, will we'll have a go. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There's Dusty, isn't there? There's Dusty and Mikey who both love like that cod. Yeah, well, I've not I've not seen Dusty in action, but apparently Dustin Melton, he, he doesn't mind playing a game or two. So um, I think there's a few. I think they sort of quite like it as a bit of a downtime, just sort of um, escape a little bit. Yeah. And we and you've both given kind of examples of 
this period is almost like one long downtime in that in that sense. So some of the things you've mentioned um, in terms of yeah, fitness or if it's, it's playing something at home, we always look at that in the kind of the mental health space has been really important that we're not just fixated with our with our job or, or what we're doing. So we can touch on that a little bit later as well. Um, so as we as we stand in on the 16th of April, we would have been really getting into things now had the season been as as normal. But um, there had been for yourself, Lewis, uh, some cricket already this calendar year with your franchise experience over in in Bangladesh. So just explain to us a little bit about what that experience is like to be dropped into a team where perhaps you haven't met the guys before and then playing in a really different setting to what you're used to. Yeah, um, you know, it's Bangladesh is a sort of in, interesting country to sort of go to. Um, you're not really, apart from cricket, you're not really out of the hotel that much, um, which, you know, can have its challenges. As, uh, sorry, I'm getting, my mum's trying to call me at the worst possible time. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, she's, um, it's, when you're there, it, it can be quite difficult sort of, I suppose not managing your time, but trying to actually keep yourself busy and trying to keep yourself sane. Because um, there's only so much training you can do as a franchise, because obviously everyone wants to use the net time and all the rest of it. But being dropped into a team, it's exciting. Um, obviously, you meet different superstars from around the world, um, which is an incredible thing just to be able to, to watch them up close and and watch them train and play and share the same field with them. You know, it's, it's quite humbling and sort of, um, you know, when you take a step back and you, you think of the players that you've managed to play with, it's, it's a, it is a nice little tick, I suppose, on the, on the resume. Um, you know, but I think this time was a bit different for me than the first time I went to Bangladesh. I only played two games. Um, so I found it increasingly frustrating Especially, really, because after Laurie Evans went home, after I think it was round round four, um, I was the only one who pretty much spoke proper English, really. So I was very much isolated on my own, um, you know. And there's only so many times you can sort of hit the gym in a day, and you know you're carrying the drinks and all the rest of it, and you just sort of feel like a bit of a spare part. So although it's you know there's a lot of ups, there's also downs which you have to sort of contend with and um, you know, while you're there, it can be a very long six weeks if you're not, you know, fully, I suppose, taking part in all the games and you're not actually sort of, um, you know, you're not actually, I suppose, able to do your normal day-to-day -day stuff, even if that's just going to the local shop and that you're not allowed to leave the hotel. So, you know, it can be quite limiting. Mm. And that's a bit I would imagine is overlooked by, by most people thinking, oh, what an experience to go all that way and play. And of course, like you said, so upsides, but it's it's not all good, and that's something which presents its challenges with that. Now, for the pair of you, both being um, all rounders, again, I think this is a really interesting thing to to discuss about what your balance is in terms of how you, I suppose, how you approach it mentally in having to switch on and off between the different disciplines, and then of course your fielding being there as well. So, Finn, how do you approach that between your time with the bat and your time with the ball and then all the other things that you have to do? I was, was going to say, I don't think Reese gets much of a break, to be honest. Open the bat and open the bowling. <laughs> you don't get to switch off, mate. Um, 
No, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a different approach because I'm naturally quite an aggressive cricketer in all senses. So um, it's not a real massive change in the mindset. I think the only thing I'd sort of say is in the field, I tend to use a lot of time, especially in four-day cricket, like between balls and stuff to obviously drift and think about other things like off the field um, as a sense. Because otherwise, if you're spending six hours a day, if you're in the dirt all day, in the field all day, and you're thinking about everything that's going on for six hours, by by lunchtime, you're going to be mentally cooked. Um, so just trying to spend those those seconds that you get on the field to really switch off and think about whatever's going on in the outside world. Um, in terms of batting and bowling, the way I sort of approach it would be obviously routines in the morning, making sure they're perfectly set. So I'll usually go over and hit balls at nine o'clock in the morning before a first class game, uh, make sure I'm up, up there early and then I want to bowl three or four overs out in the middle. Um, and complete that before we get into our main main warm up, which is usually at ten o'clock. Um, so going through that and making sure that's all ticked off, and then focusing on my on my breathing when you get out into the middle and stuff. So I'll, I'll concentrate on my breath, um, breathe in for three seconds, out for three seconds, in between balls, either if I'm at top of my mark or facing facing up, um, and that usually brings me brings me back down to an even keel. I think if I go outside of that, then sometimes I can go outside my bubble a bit and play a loose shot or um, bowl a bad ball and just get boiled up, boiled up in the moment. So, trying to bring yourself back every time by using those techniques, really. Yeah, it's great to hear the the mention there of of using breath as something to centre yourself. Uh, it's really overlooked. Both people don't don't practice it and don't do it consciously, but it can make such a big difference. And, and particularly in, in in sport itself. So, Lewis, then you've got these. I mean, it sounds like a dream that you've got the opportunity to have first go with bat and with ball, but over a particularly a four-day game, that's got to be draining for you. You managed to 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 approach both both disciplines with a bit of freshness. Yeah, it can. It's um, I suppose it's one of those double-edged swords, really, because you know I'm sure Finn's the same, and and since Finn's been at the club, he's you know he's been a fresher breath air because he's. He's very much a cricketer like myself. He just wants to be involved. And as an all-rounder, that's all you want to do. You want to be involved in the game and you want to be able to, I suppose, influence the game with bat, ball or field. Um, and, you know, as you say, I get the perfect opportunity to do that, you know, opening the batting and opening the bowling. Um, I suppose in some ways I'm quite lucky because pretty much most of the time, the game's pretty much the same with bat or ball. If you've got the new ball in your hand, Usually the openers are trying to get themselves in. You know, they're trying to set the tone for the innings. And it's exactly the same when I've, when I've got the bat in the hand. So, so really, I suppose in some ways, like, my job's actually easier than Finn's because of Finn has to come into different situations. He has to adapt. He's got to be able to, I suppose, carry out different plans from the skipper and the coach. And that can be, you know, that's where that breathing technique can be brilliant for him because sometimes he's chucked in a brand new situation and you know it's those people that are able to stay calm that are able to sort of I suppose succeed more often than not um you know but I think for me for me it's pretty much I've got to manage the time that I get off pretty pretty smartly so um sometimes I'll go off for a sleep um you know the lads that know me in the dressing room know that I don't particularly sleep that well during especially during a game anyway 
but I'll try and go off for a bit of a, even if it's just a half an hour sleep, just to sort of try and recharge the batteries, try and stick the compression leggings on, just try and freshen up physically. But the sleep just allows me to try and reset and just sort of um, get a bit of mental energy and sort of help me to go again. But when I'm actually out there and I'm actually in the thick of it, actually the tiredness doesn't take effect. It's only when I stop when the tiredness then starts to hit me. So in some ways, actually carrying on is actually a better thing for me. Mm. Yeah, no chance to, to reflect on it. You're just in the, in the moment as it is. And for, for both of you, um, big theme that we're, we're trying to establish across these uh, tea break sessions is about how people deal with setbacks and challenges and, and what they learn from them. Because in the terms of the mental health space, that is, a, I think, a really important thing about what we, we do to maintain good mental health and how we build our resilience. So I'll ask both of you, um, and we'll go back to, to Finn here to start with. What's been the biggest challenge in your career so far? It could be a particular moment, it might be a period, however you want to think about it. What's been that biggest challenge and what did you learn, learn from that to get you to where you are now? Um, yeah, definitely. Um would think it would be that time I got released. Um, that was a very tough time. Um, I was at Sussex from the age of 18 to 20 and um, took it for granted a bit, I think, when I was that age. Didn't really count myself lucky for the position I was in. Didn't really train as hard as I should have. And by the age of 20, I got um, released by the club. And that obviously at the time, it was a massive, a bit of a shock to the system. Um, took me a long time to get back. It took me three seasons to get back to playing professional cricket again. So, um, I think I, in that time off, I got a lot of time to obviously get to know myself, understand what I, what I might be good at, what I might be bad at, more off the field than on the field. Because um, I think that's where I let myself down quite a lot is bad habits, um, off the field creeping into things on the field, like recovery, uh, what I'm doing before games, like all that sort of stuff that you, that you sort of take, take that you should know. But it's, it's, it's a lot tougher than it seems. So getting the right recovery in, eating the right food, doing the right things leading up to games. Um, so learning for myself how I can do that and how that can obviously affect and improve a, a performance. Um, so that took me a long time to sort of understand the best way to go about mm-hmm. my, my, my energy, where I'm, where I'm putting my, my, my eggs into basically. And um, I think I sort of realised that a year and a half ago, so I signed for Derbyshire last season, about a year and a half ago, I think I sort of started to click and from there it sort of ended up spiralling quite quickly into a, spiralling into a good thing. Um, so I started playing first 11 cricket in, in June last year. So Okay, so oh, I think that's great for, for players who perhaps are in pathways at the moment, who are in academy systems, who are thinking about what the future holds. It's not over when um, it's it's not over if you are released or you do these setbacks because there's pathways back into it even if you have had what you'd imagine I guess in your case then was perhaps thinking having got to a certain point then you kind of made it and you were a bit more comfortable would that be fair to say that was the way you saw it yeah I think I was a bit too comfortable at one stage like almost I think I was arrogant um, a bit ignorant as a 18 19 year old like maybe thinking I was, or for sure thinking I was a bit better than I ever was. Um, I think that set me back massively, um, but yeah. Okay, so that's, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting whenever we see people paths where they are now, the people who've been through 
particular county from a very young age and going all the way and then the people who do make moves and things work out for them in different ways um lewis same question to you what's been the biggest challenge in your career thus far um geez i would have got a few i think um I've um, I've very much been someone who's sort of suffered with with mental health issues pretty much since um, pretty much since 2013 um, when we lost Tom Hardman. Um, so he was um, a very close friend of mine at uni, um, and I was I suppose in some ways pretty much emotionally immature. I didn't really deal with it. I tried to carry on as normal. Um, didn't really process it like I probably could have done um, and that sort of festered into really sort of changing room life that when I got into after Peter Moore's left blanks um, I sort of I suppose without trying to go into too much detail of the ins and outs of that I, I struggled with certain personnel um, which sort of compounded how I was initially feeling and then that sort of I suppose it threw me off who I was, not just as a cricketer, but as a person. Um, and yeah, I think it took, it pretty much took till I was released um, to actually sort of go, well, you know what, like spend a bit of time on actually myself. So I went to go see, uh, I went to actually go and see someone about my mental health. Um, and from there, really, it's been sort of uh, an ongoing journey, which, you know, I've not shied away from them. I'm pretty open to those that sort of ask me um, about sort of these sessions and all the rest of it. Um, but when I came to Derbyshire, that was actually a, a cure, I suppose. Well, not a cure, but a, a sort of a tonic that sort of helped me with that. And that's, I suppose that's all got to do with the personnel that, that Derbyshire sort of have. And this isn't trying to, um, I suppose, butter things up or anything like that. But the people at Derby, and I'm talking on and off the field, um have probably been some of the the best people for me personally um in terms of just their mannerisms and the well-being and sort of the support they show everyone has sort of that's the sort of people that I enjoy being around and and with that that's there's no coincidence why sort of like Finn he had a, a dip in his career like Finn's you know he's got far more ability and talent than what I had at his age um but like when I now that I was with these people, they've sort of helped me resurrect my career, and it's definitely without them, I, I certainly wouldn't have been able to carry on playing professional cricket. Um, you know, so it's the people, the support network um, at Derby is fantastic, and it's definitely a club that, yeah, fine on the field in history we haven't had the results, but it's definitely a club on the move, and it's definitely a club that sort of, you know, I can see massive things happen for them in the future because of the personnel they have not just on the field but off the field as well mm -hmm. so important to have the, the right environment and the way you both speak about it it sounds like it's been just the right fit as as individuals for them. one question that we had in before from uh, from lewis browning was and this i think fits really well in in what we've kind of been talking about is um what do you have in your locker if you like to how do you deal with with anxiety and um, and by that I think without kind of rephrasing what Lewis is saying, the anxieties that exist around performance and expectations. Is there anything that you do consciously to to help you deal with that? 
Um, and then does that perhaps get applied in other areas of your life? Finn, what do you think on that? Um, I've, I've struggled a little bit in changing rooms in the past, I think more than performance, but obviously that sort of towards when I got released and then coming back in, I had a couple of bad years in second team cricket and I started to get a bit anxious about that, um, the whole performance side of the game and if I was ever good enough and doubts and all that always come into your mind, but it hampered me quite a lot in my first year on the MCC Young Cricketers. Um, and I did, I spoke to Alex Gidman, who was our batting coach at the time, because a lot of it was revolved around my batting. My bowling always used to sort of take care of itself. Um, used to do my, this is where the whole um, breathing technique sort of came from. And he was always like, look, if you do your routines in the morning, like before the game, and if you're leading into the game, um, doing the right things, like getting a good meal in, all that sort of stuff. But then, on the morning of the game, so routines like making sure you're consistent, like you are going and you, you, you've got some tick-offs on the list. So you're ticking off like, A, I've got my left side strong when I'm bowling. B, my bowling arm isn't slingy, it's tall. Um, just a little tick list to go through before the game. He said, same as your batting. And then when you're out in the middle, all you need to think about then is your breathing because then everything will take care of itself as long as you've ticked off the list. I think there's only so much you can do before and to worry about your anxiety, for me personally, um, there's only so much I can do, and then a performance sort of takes takes care of itself if you've done the work. Um, so yeah, that's, that that helped me quite a lot. As soon as he came in and started talking about breathing and and routine, um, as soon as I sort of gained a routine that I was confident in and believed in, and then um, obviously when that happens, it does become a lot easier. Yeah, I think the the aspects of working on what you can control. Uh, like a routine, like your breathing, whether that's in cricket or if people are in their workplace or in social situations, that has a really big impact. And it's great to hear that um, it's it's worked for you. Is there anything, any equivalent or a different way that you look at it, Lewis? Um, yeah, I think so. I try and do all my work, I suppose, before the game. So whether that's, you know, leading up to it, like a couple of days out or all the rest of it, but as I mentioned um, in the last question, I have someone that I go and see, I speak to. So I have, you know, an hour session, either weekly or fortnightly, that I go and sort of try and, I suppose, whether it's sorting out certain little voices in my head, like as in, um, you know, little anxiety things that I feel creeping up on me or stuff that's probably uncertain in my life, which, you know, all that sort of baggage can sort of hinder you while you're playing as well, which you don't even realise. Um, so, you know, I find I found speaking to someone actually very good for me um, and being able to actually, if I can put, if I can start getting understanding to things, then it makes me feel a lot lighter and a lot freer. Um, but then when it gets to a game day, my literally all my routine is about trying to reset myself. As soon as, if I can reset myself and go from, from position A, which is where I want to go from, whether that's bat, ball or in the field, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be long. It doesn't necessarily have to be taxing. It's just, okay, what can I do that just resets me? Whether it is just working on sort of balance both mentally and physically while I'm doing something, then, you know, it can be six balls and I'll walk out the net, I'm happy, I'm done. Um, but it's more, I go off more of a feeling thing and, and more of a, if I feel good, then I know that... Um, I know that's okay. So, but some days it could take 15, 20 minutes and I just have to go with it. But it's allowing myself to go with it rather than fighting. And as soon as I start fighting against myself, that's when I know that I'll be losing. 
That's where, um, Lewis, what you're saying there, that's where, like, obviously, when you have the time, like, for instance, sometimes it comes in and you need longer, you need that day where you need it to be 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I think that's where the whole team environment makes a massive difference as well. Like, if you have a team that, a team of players that's willing to say, okay, yeah, you might need a bit longer, blah, 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 then we'll give you that time um, in training and stuff, rather than someone being bullish and being like, no, it's my turn to do this or my turn to do that. It's actually realising, okay, give him a bit more space, um, give him his time to to do his thing and then make sure that he's feeling better because then as a team, you're obviously performing. Yeah, I think from what you have both said, both in your personal approaches and and what there is as an environment at, at Derbyshire, there's things there to support, whether it be with performance or, or well-being in, in general. Um, is there anything in particular that you think is, is just the, the, the best practice that you can observe within your setting where you think it can be translated elsewhere? What is it that makes it such a good environment to, to work in? Is there anything that we can and highlight that people can reflect on in their own circumstances? Um, I think for me, it's, it's a non-ego sort of environment. And it doesn't matter if you're the CEO, uh, the head coach, captain, or you're the youngest player in the dressing room. Everyone's got, a, everyone's got allowed to have a voice. Everyone's allowed to sort of do their thing. And, you know, there's no... There's no bullish environment, so you don't get bullied if you have a certain thing. It's, you know, lads very much want success for each other, which is an incredible environment to, to have um, in the first place. But I think if you want to transfer this outside of just cricket or in general life, it's being able to talk to someone, to have the ability to talk about your issues or your worries but also being able to receive that as well. So it's trying to make yourself as open and as honest as possible. People respond to honesty. And I think if you're honest and, you know, you're able to talk about your worries, people, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, they're more likely to come to you and more likely to have that conversation. And if you have that connection, that's when I think people can then start helping each other without even knowing it. And I think that's, for me anyway, that's, a vital part in in sort of helping people progress whether they're in a bad spot or just continuing on, the, on their journey of you know if they're in a bit of a groove like Finn came last year and everything Finn touched turned to gold but it's allowing things to just sort of keep going and you go with him but you're there for him if he wants you know he, want, he may want to tell you all about his hundred or you know right. anything as long as you're there for each other it's amazing actually that if you do get into a bad spot, how much quicker you get out of that bad spot by just being able to be honest with each other than if you were just sort of like, no, no, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong, I'm going to keep going. And you see that just festering and it will keep going. So for me, just being that open and honest with things, it's a massive help. Ben, what's your thoughts there, mate? Um, obviously, Lewis has been in the club a lot longer than I have. Um, but my experiences were unbelievable. As soon as I saw the game, it was... Um, my experiences with Sussex were obviously um, quite limited as well because I didn't really get around the first team as much. But as soon as I joined um, joined Derbyshire, it was complete, as Lewis says, a breath of fresh air. Um, I walked in, I remember the first time I met Billy and Wayne, um, Wayne Madsen and Billy Gollerman, was um, after a twos game at, at the county ground and the first team had training. 
Um, and I remember walking into the dressing room and all the, all the boys were in there, all the first team lads, and we all sort of be like, oh God, better get my, my kit out of the way. Um, the first thing that they greeted me with was um, like Billy came up shaking my hand, Wayne coming in shaking my hand, saying, hey mate, I heard you've been going well recently, um, keep up the good work, blah, 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 just such a nice conversation, which is obviously really encouraging, which was completely not what I was expecting. It was sort of a bit more like you walk into a dressing room and you're a bit like, in awe of these players who obviously have done so well in first team cricket and you look, you've looked up to. Um, to then for them to come up to me and just be so open and hello, how are you? Like so friendly. And that's carried on the whole time I've been at the club. Like everyone you've met from the people who work maybe in different areas to meeting the players, to meeting the CEO, to meeting everyone. Everyone has the same, the same time, the same ambition. And not so much about the club doing well. Obviously, everyone wants the club to do well, but just about making sure everyone is welcome and everyone is valued the same. And I think that's great. Like Lewis said, there's no egos. Well, that's the best thing about it. There's no one who will just try and bully anyone else in the sense of I'm better than you as a player, so I'm better than you as a bloke. Um, it's just everyone is so on the same level. And I've never really witnessed that before, to be honest. That's definitely worth anyone listening to reflect on their own environment, whether it's in cricket, sport, or your office, or whatever, and think, you know, this is something that supports two people, and I'm sure the other lads would say the same thing, and it's, it's the simple things, isn't it, about, like Lewis was saying, about just the, open, the openness, the honesty, having that support there, looking out for people, it's so simple to say, it can be sometimes difficult to do, but it's great to hear of examples where that is. In our last... Um, Last minute then, I'm just going to ask both of you um, just to think about what it is you'll be most grateful for when cricket does come back. The big thing we talk about in Open Up Cricket is looking at gratitude as a, as, a, as a way of being about looking for the good in what's around us rather than just fixating on, on the negative. So both of you, what is it that you'll be most grateful for when you're able to put your spikes back on Put your whites or your coloured clothing on and go out and play. What is it that will stand out? Well, go with you first, Lewis. I think just taking a field with my mates, to be honest with you. I think going out there and actually trying to win with my mates is something I definitely miss. And it's something I've been itching to do over, you know, since we've been told that that's not going to go ahead. So, yeah, pretty simply just going out and, and trying to win a game of cricket with my mates. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. Uh, one thing I used to complain about more often than not last season was the next day after bowling 15 overs in a day. So I'm going to enjoy the fact that I'm waking up the next day and feeling stiff because I know I've done something the day before. That's definitely going to be a, going to be looking forward to a second day in the field after 96 in the dirt the day before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's one, one way to put a slant on it. I think we can just squeeze in the, a bit of the last question. Um, Paul Wright sent me something regarding um, views on the 100, but we don't have enough time for that. You're probably glad that I'm not going to ask you about that. But what would um, the two of you say is your preferred format to play in? So do you, do you lean more towards that short format like the 100s in, the T20 stuff, or do you find the most value in playing those four-day games? Finn, what's your perspective on that? Um, to be honest, I'm quite traditional. I'd love to play test cricket, so I lean towards four-day stuff. I love the, um, obviously, the short formats. I love how quickly 2020 goes by and you catch the wind with 2020, you, you ride the wave um, a little bit. But um, I'll always be 
four-day cricket. Like I enjoy getting in battles for long periods of time. So with bat and ball, I enjoy the contest a little bit more. It's a little bit, I always find that four-day cricket is probably the toughest format because your weaknesses will get exposed. So probably four-day cricket. Okay. And to finish off, Lewis, what's your take on that? Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I think, um, you know, being able to, to test your skills over four days, I think that's, you know, it's um, it's definitely the, the priority. And, you know, as Finn said, you know, the the goal of playing test cricket, you know, that's what, that's what drives most players. But, you know, it's definitely, you know, red ball cricket is where the skill is in terms of, you know, the little tactical games and all the rest of it. I think, yeah, I think I enjoy that. So definitely red ball. Okay, well, there we go. A couple of purists here, which is great. Um, yeah, fantastic. Thanks very much for joining me, gents. Um, I've taken a lot from that. Loads of things I've written down that I'm going to reflect on. And I think people who access this um, either tonight or listen to it in the future will be able to have not only an insight to what you two, you two think, but also how, what your, how your words can influence sort of how they approach things. So thank you very much for your honesty and for your time. And when we do get a bit of cricket, Oh, well. Thank thanks you. very much. And thanks for having us, mate. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.